Welcome back to the Beer Truth Podcast. As always, I'm Tom, and also, as always, you are in for the ride of your life. Or maybe you don't enjoy it, I don't know. Maybe I'll rewrite this intro. We shall see. But today we have another episode uh, entitled A Look Back, and this time it's People's Beer out of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Uh, So what was People's Beer? It's been labeled many things, including the first black-owned brewery in the United States, although that is not quite true. Uh, People's Brewing was sold to Theodore Mack in 1970, and if this time frame sounds familiar, then that's because you listened to the episode on Black Pride Beer out of Chicago, which is uh, literally within a few months, and throughout the story uh, does carry some similarities. People's Beer only lasted till 1972, as did Black Pride Beer. Uh, Black Pride Beer was a contract brewed brand and people's beer was brewing its own beer. So a little difference there, but, um, the, the extent of each's failure has been historically attributed to too quick expansion and kind of overzealous marketing plans, but it's kind of hard to not imagine some racial prejudices as well, uh, being black owned breweries uh, or brands, but uh, the reasons for their respective beings, however, were quite similar. Uh, the founders of these breweries uh, believed, uh, well, for People's Beer, not founder, but uh, Theodore Mack, who purchased the brewery when it was up for sale, um, but they believed that the black communities that they served should have a brewery that kept them in mind, that catered to their needs and desires, and, and that benefited the black community at the end of the day. Uh, for People's Beer, this uh, ended up creating some racial backlash from newspapers that claimed Theodore Mack was going to fire all the white employees uh, who were there and who had actually voted to sell the brewery in the first place uh, to Mack. And the rumor was that he was going to replace them with black employees from Milwaukee. Uh, Mack denied the claims. Uh, they were essentially just fear-mongering. He put on events and speaking engagements in the community to try and bring the the local community uh, over to his side and and get off to a good start with people's beer. So who was Theodore Mack? Uh, He, Mack was from Alabama, uh, born in uh, 1930, grew up in Jim Crow South, served in the U.S. Army during the Korean War. Uh, He was the first black football player from Alabama to get a football scholarship to Ohio State University, uh, which is kind of amazing to think that it took until, uh, I believe, the early 50s. He ended up transferring to Marquette. Uh, I believe he got hurt and never actually played for Marquette, Uh, but he was, in his graduating class, the only black person in his graduating class, which is kind of uh, amazing, I guess, to think about, uh, that in Milwaukee which was a huge part of why the 2020 election swung Wisconsin to a blue state uh, because of black voters in Milwaukee. Um, That was a big part. And so thinking about, you know, 60, 70 years ago, he was the only black graduate in his class. That's something to think about. Uh, So Ted Mack went on to work at Pabst. Uh, He helped hire dozens of black workers to the production team and between the president of the company and the black working class employees, he was kind of the link 
between the two worlds uh, and helped kind of diversify Paps a little bit. Uh, during his time there, he learned a lot about how to run a brewery. Uh, he was supposedly encouraged by the president of Pabst, so that's uh, that's cool to hear. Um, and when Pabst was ordered to uh, sell off Blatt's by the federal government because of antitrust laws, Mac formed a business venture called United Black Enterprises uh, in, in order to try to purchase Blatt's. Long story short, uh, United Black Enterprises was basically looked upon suspiciously by the feds and uh, the FBI allegedly started tapping phone lines of those involved uh, with the black group trying to purchase Blatt's. Um, if if that was true, uh, it doesn't seem like there was any reason uh, other than a group of black entrepreneurs doing something that uh, if white people were doing would have probably been celebrated on the front page uh, and it was looked upon suspiciously. So UB ended up getting vastly outbid by a white company uh, by I think over $2 million, uh, like 11 million to 9 million or something like that. Uh, and so that little dream of buying Blatt's was, uh, it was dead. It was pretty much uh, hopeless from the moment that a white investment firm got involved. But uh, just a few months later, not too long after that, uh, People's Brewing in Oshkosh was struggling. And after a shareholder meeting, uh, it was voted on to sell the brewery. So with a loan from the Small Business Administration and some personal savings and some stock some stock sales to make up the difference, People's Brewing was purchased by Theodore Mack uh, and his group and would reopen in late 1970. This led to some of the rumors mentioned earlier, even to the extent that some people were saying the company uh, would produce lower quality beer, uh, even with the same employees and same equipment, same recipes, but uh, just a, a little more fear-mongering along the road. But uh, it got to the point where people's even sent a sample to the Siebel Institute in Chicago to have it analyzed and Siebel declared it a quality product uh, because before people's even started their reputation was under fire by angry people who were probably just afraid of change and uh, you know like I said fear-mongering uh, part of the backlash against people's being a black-owned company was that local bars that had sold people's beer uh, before they even got new beer under the new ownership, pulled their support um, because of the ownership change. Um, most of them reportedly came back on board, but still a telltale sign that things weren't off to the smoothest start. Um, apparently, all of them except for maybe two came back on uh, because Theodore Mack uh, was apparently a charming guy and very sincere in his reasoning, uh, and so got most of those people to come back on board. But uh, he even got uh, beers on tap at Brewers and Bucks games, which uh, apparently was the only beer on tap not from the city of Milwaukee, uh, which was, I'm sure, a difficult uh, task in the first place in a beer-savvy town like Milwaukee with a lot of beer history there. There was a lot of a lot of struggles along 
the way, um, you know, obstacles to overcome. And uh, one of those obstacles was that uh, in 1972, the brewmaster died and Mac found a replacement, a guy named Ronald Pappenfuss, who was at West Bend Lithia, which should sound familiar if you listen to the episode on Black Pride Beer. Uh, West Bend Lithia was the company, uh, the brewery contract brewing the Black Pride Beer brand. Uh, unfortunately, it seems that Peoples wasn't bringing in enough money to pay off loans and taxes fast enough, and in September of 72, the IRS got involved uh, filing a lien for taxes that were going unpaid, and uh, that pretty quickly shut down operations, and there was another round of fundraising, but doesn't sound like it was fast enough, so about two years after the reopening, Peoples ended up closing again. Uh, there were some lawsuits, there was a financial scuffle with the government, but no money and no new contracts came out of that. Uh, and in the historical record, what there is, it seems to have kind of contributed to the anti-black narrative um, of the story of people's brewing and, and the various reasons that it failed. Uh, in hindsight, it looks like too broad of a marketing approach and too little money were pretty significant factors. Um, it's hard to imagine that there wasn't, uh, some racial aspects to the story too. Um, and that's always a stain that's hard to erase, uh, even looking back 50 years later, but you know, that's, we've heard that story before, but Mac himself actually seemed to try to downplay the, racial aspects of being a black brewery owner in a very white industry. Um, he was quoted as saying that we are not making a black beer, a white beer. We're making what the name implies a people's beer. And I think he realized that it wasn't benefiting the company to play to those, um, aspects of the brand or to emphasize being a black owned brewery. So he tried to just pitch the brewery based on the quality of its beer. Um, but like I said, uh, not enough money and, uh, marketing that wasn't seeming to get the job done and, and get the word out enough to bring in enough money to pay the bills. Uh, so, um, but there seemed to be this racial tension surrounding the brewery really from the start uh, with the accounts pulling their support and then signing back up. The government uh, apparently gave the company a loan that was uh, reported to be only about $130. Uh, that's If that's true, that's a joke. But it doesn't seem like the brewing world was ready to accept and embrace black ownership. Uh, although a lot of these, a lot of these stories come back anecdotally and in obscure newspaper records and uh, blogs online um, these these stories are important and uh, help pave the way for others um, a lot of a lot of the uh, information in this um, this saga of people's beer comes from uh, a beer blog uh, oshkoshbeer.blogspot.com uh, I contacted the owner of that um, Lee, I believe his name was, 
uh, he was very helpful in finding some of this information. And uh, if you want to read more in depth about different aspects of the story, different parts in time of the story, uh, go check that out. And if you search Mac, M-A-C-K, uh, you should find quite a few blog posts there that are, uh, I think, historically researched pretty well. So thank you to Lee for uh, helping me find some information because uh, there's not a whole lot um, unless you have a local public library card to Oshkosh's library. Uh, things are hard to find. So thanks to Lee. On a personal note, I'm hoping to have some more interesting stories to come out regarding people's beer brand so stay tuned for that working on something uh, i do hope you enjoyed listening to this and hopefully you learned something interesting uh, next week we have another interview and that is going to be with rm Creton of federation brewing that is in oakland um, making some good beer so check back next thursday for that one if you haven't already uh, please go subscribe to the show wherever you're listening and leave a rating and uh, that helps me book new awesome guests so go follow the show on social media uh more interviews are stacking up Uh, i feel like we're finally getting some momentum so tune back in next week and till the next round sláinte